Many dyslexic kids can get to middle school or even high school without being identified as dyslexic. If you're wondering if your teenager might have dyslexia, stay tuned. We're going to cover some of the top signs that you could look out for. We're Nick and Sonia, and this is Dyslexia Journey, where we help you support the dyslexic kid in your life. And this video is part of a series that we've been doing on signs to look out for at different ages and grade levels to try to figure out if you'd like to have your kid assessed to see if they're dyslexic. And today we are covering the older age group here, um, which is kind of more like middle school, high school, we're calling it the teen years. And you know, it might surprise you to know that that's actually not uncommon, that a lot of kids actually are not diagnosed until later. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of unfortunate because as we've discussed before, um, the, the earlier that a child is identified, sometimes um, the better for, for helping them uh, remediate. But uh, don't fear. If you're a parent of a, of a teenager and you think your child has dyslexia, like it's never too late. To, to dig into it and to try to get it identified. Yeah, so the first category that we want to talk about where you might see some signs of your kid potentially being dyslexic is written work, which might feel like a fairly obvious one, right? Because we think of reading and writing as very related to, to dyslexia. Um, and overall, the thing to look out for is that they might be a lot more able to explain concepts or tell stories orally than in written form. So there'd be this big discrepancy, this big difference between how they're, how they're expressing, how they're getting that expression across, whether they're explaining a concept, whether it's storytelling, whatever like category of kind of content that is, that they're better at it when they are speaking about it. Mm -hmm. And this might show up, for example, um, in, uh, in middle school and in high school, um, kids start learning how to how to write sort of um, persuasive essays, five paragraph essays, those kind of things. And it might show up as as maybe you're talking to your teenager about the topic, and they will expound on it and talk. And 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 the way they talk about it, you're thinking, oh, great, they've got a really good grasp of this. They're going to write a great essay. And then they sit down to write it. And you look at it and it's like, you know, very minimal, just just a few sentences, not nearly to the level of what they were talking about verbally. Um, and that's because it, the, the, the actual written aspect of it is just so difficult for someone with dyslexia that um, they're going to they, they might tend to do as little as possible, um, sort of minimal amount of the actual writing. Right. And it can also look like in school, if it's a time situation, that they're not able to finish. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe to a larger degree, sometimes other people aren't able to finish too, but like to a large degree, they, they have very little output in the amount of time that's allotted. Mm -hmm. And then also, uh, the, sort of the actual practical, physical aspects of, of written work. Um, people with dyslexia often have um, poor handwriting as well. Um, which is technically something different called dysgraphia, but it's it's very correlated. Right. So so if it's a written form, you might also notice that the handwriting is very hard to read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, 
another aspect of written work is the spelling. Um, and again, this is fairly obvious. This is what people sort of traditionally think of as as dyslexic characteristics. But it's it's worth uh, noting that um, one uh, kind of specific characteristic about about spelling that um, dyslexic kids often have is is inconsistency. So they might misspell the same word two different ways in the same paragraph, or they might spell it correctly in one sentence and incorrectly in the next sentence. Um, so that's that's another thing to look out for specifically with the spelling. And uh, they will have more likelihood of also spelling things phonetically, you know, just straight out, like how it sounds. Not So it's not always just about like, do I use and, you know, a pH here and F, but it can also be just like the whole word is written out kind of more how it sounds, which in English can be fairly obvious mm -hmm. that it's, that it's, um, that they're doing that because often like how things are written out with all our vowels and the way things work, you know, isn't obvious unless you know how to spell it. Mm -hmm. And then another aspect of written work that, um, wasn't obvious to me at first is, um, sort of trouble with capitalization and with punctuation. That seems to be especially difficult. Um, so when to use a comma, when to use a period, when to use a colon or a semicolon, um, and then consistent capitalization uh, of words according to the sort of standard rules in English um, seems to be surprisingly difficult for uh, dyslexic kids. Yeah. And one more quick thing I wanted to add to spelling, you know, in this day and age where they can use spell check, so, you know, by the time they're in the, into the, into middle school and high school, they're probably using spell check, which is fantastic, right? It's helpful, especially for dyslexic kids who have trouble spelling. Um, but so then it might be a little more subtle how it appears. It's going to be more in like homophones. So, you know, they'll still get there. Um, the, the T H E R E one, they might have the T H uh, E-I-R one instead or something like that. So the next category is more in generally how they do their schoolwork and how they do their tests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, there are a couple or, or a few uh, specific um, things to look for in this category um, that might be indications that your teenager might be dyslexic. Um, so the first one that we thought of is messing up Scantron answers. So uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with this, a Scantron is is a, a a form where you just bubble in for multiple choice questions the correct answer, and then it, it, there's a machine that can grade it automatically. Um, and this is um, predictably, I would say, difficult for dyslexic kids to do their work on one paper, come up with an answer, and then uh, fill in the correct bubble with the correct um, letter on a completely different paper. Um, so if you if you see problems with that, that, that could be an indication um, that your teenager has dyslexia. Right. Because often dyslexic people have difficulty with um, the lines. Like if they're reading, they might skip a line or, you know, as they come to the end of it and wrapping around. So it's kind of a similar issue with like where, where you are in a particular line, where you are in a particular answer for the scantron bubbling in. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, that issue actually leads to our next point as well, which is, um, a tendency to, to maybe uh, copy down the wrong problem from a book that they're working on. So this is would be for, for something like math, um, if they're working out of a book or um, a problem set that's online and they're, they're uh, copying it down uh, to their paper, they might, uh, they might copy the wrong problem. And then um, if it's not caught, they'll do the whole problem and then 
do you know extra work or and not 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 even be doing the work they're supposed to be doing. And then the next one is that they may avoid reading instructions. It might just sort of even be automatic because they like to, you know, like to skip some reading. They might not even almost notice they're doing it. Um, and so, of course, that can lead to errors that were because they didn't realize that that was in the something particular instruction was there that they didn't follow. And so, you know, anyone can do this, but it's definitely like one of the signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Um... For dyslexic kids, as we've talked about many times, um, reading just takes more effort for them than for other kids. And so especially um, if they're in an exam situation or um, or even doing homework, anything that's, that's going to involve a, a lot of work, they're going to, you know, probably even subconsciously try to optimize that work. And so if it, you know, they, they, they just have a tendency to jump straight to the question and to skip the instructions. So the next indication that your teenager might have dyslexia is if they um, struggle kind of disproportionately with word problems in math. Like if they're uh, sort of okay with the, the actual mathematical calculations, but, but then they really have trouble with, with word problems. For example, in um, trigonometry, a lot of it comes up, even in just in, in um, pre-algebra, actually, it starts um, where where there'll be a, a sort of a written description of a situation that you have to kind of turn into a mathematical um, equation or relationship. And um, we've noticed um, with our daughter that that she she sometimes especially has trouble when things involve directions in the um, in the word problems or or just translating uh, any sort of um, description like to a drawing or or to a formula. Another thing you might notice if you are trying to assess whether or not your teen might be dyslexic is that they might retain knowledge better. They might remember things for tests better, for example, if the knowledge was presented to them in more of an interactional style, more of a hands-on style in particular, possibly also uh, learning it more orally, though sometimes people also have oral processing issues. So that isn't always true. But, you know, more so to be these kinds of things, hands-on or oral or interactional, that that helps them really learn and retain the material more than just reading it. And then the uh, the last sort of general school-related sign that your teenager might have dyslexia is if they do... Uh, better compared to their peers on harder material than on easier material. And this is super counterintuitive for a lot of people. Um, you know, even, even for us um, who have, have lived with this for a while with our daughter, um, e- even recently, um, you know, she was telling us that she uh, felt like this math test that she just took was the easiest material in theory and she actually did um the worst on that compared to the rest of the class than she had on any of other math tests this entire semester and um i that reminded us that that this is often true for dyslexic kids that what is quote easy for other people or hard for other people is not necessarily the same for dyslexic kids because um dyslexic kids are often better and quicker at grasping the higher level, harder concepts, and they tend to make more mistakes on um, sort of the, the the calculations, maybe lining things up. And so, if there's always going to be sort of that that um, 
basic level of mistakes on easy material, then they're going to tend to do better than their peers on the harder material, if that makes sense. Yeah. And even within that particular test, she got the hardest problem correct, but then she had a lot of those other mistakes like you were talking about on the early material, which is why she didn't do well on it. Um, and I just wanted to also say that this might look really patchy though, because of course there's going to be some kinds of material where if they're only learning it in a way that they're not able to access, you know, then they can't get to the deeper con content necessarily. So there's also an element where it just looks really patchy, like in terms of like how they're doing, but then mm -hmm. it's like not always that, that the um, harder material is more difficult, but it might not be in every subject. All right. Zooming out a little more. Um, here are a few more uh, signs that we've thought of that you could look out for to see if your teenager might have dyslexia. Um, the first one is if they avoid reading, um, they will, tend to not read for pleasure very much. Um, they'll tend to avoid reading, as we've discussed in, in other episodes, um, they'll tend to avoid reading in many contexts, including restaurant menus, um, you know, stuff outside of school as well. Right. And school or schoolwork also might be really exhausting for them. So just from more that general perspective, it just takes them so much effort. So it's not like they're just going to whip, oh, okay, I have to do my assignment. And maybe they're happy or not happy about it, but they kind of are able to just whip it off or just do it. It feels like much more of a chore probably. Mm -hmm. And in general, uh, I would say that the, the number one thing to look for to assess if your child, if your teenager has dyslexia is um, if you can sense a discrepancy between um, how kind of um, intelligent and capable that they are and that they're able to express to you verbally and orally, if you can uh, see a discrepancy between that and how well they do in school. Um, that's, that's the biggest indication um, you as the parent, uh, you know you, you should trust your instincts here. All right. And then the final category we want to talk about are things that are considered more positive um, that might be indications that your teen is dyslexic. So um, one of them is that they might be kind of entrepreneurial. So maybe they've started a business or started a YouTube channel. There is a correlation between entrepre entrepreneurship, actually, and uh, being dyslexic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important to um, talk about these positive traits because again um and we've talked about this before dyslexia is often framed as as um a disability or or only has negative characteristics and it's important to remember that there are, are a lot of positive characteristics that are associated as well all right so the uh second um more positive uh characteristic that might be an indication that your teenager has dyslexia is if they have really good observational skills. So they might be able to tell you uh, in their English class two years ago exactly where everybody sat. Um, and if, if the seats were rearranged several times during the year, they could probably tell you every time um, it was rearranged where everybody was sitting. Um, and this goes along with, I think, in general, the one of the key strengths of dyslexia is this 3D spatial awareness, um, and, which leads to these these um, strong observational skills. Right, and so that could look anything like they're good at building or have sort of that engineering mind to a more artistic um, way that that shows up. 
Um, and then another category here of positive traits that might show up in your dyslexic teen or, or your teen who you think might be dyslexic is really good big picture thinking. And that can often then lead to an ability to solve problems too. Sometimes almost in an intuitive way, it could show up that way. The last indication that we're going to discuss today um, that your teenager might have dyslexia is uh, they might have strong verbal skills, or at least verbal skills that appear stronger than their written skills. And, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, um, but I really want to really want to bring it up again to discuss it, to frame it in a more positive way, which is that um, they might be really good uh, at, they, they might have a large vocabulary, surprisingly large, given that they might avoid reading. Um, they might be really good at public speaking. They might not be. Like, this isn't necessarily true of everyone with, with dyslexia, but it's it's one possible indication. And if you want to dig into this a little deeper, we do have one source that we'll put in the description box for you as well. But the main thing we want to leave you with, again, kind of like we said at the beginning, is it's never too late. It's still important to follow up on this if you suspect that your teen might be dyslexic. Mm -hmm.